0: Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. We're looking at a series here on the first resurrection. And when we read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, what did we learn? That the Lord shows us that this resurrection, this first resurrection, it's likened to a harvest. We already preached on that. You can go back and listen to that again if, if you need to. And in a an harvest, how many parts are there to a harvest? we preached the whole message on this. There's three parts. You have your first fruits. That was the message we did last Sunday. The first fruits is the Lord Jesus Christ and those saints that died in faith prior to the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. But anyway, in the harvest, we have three parts. We have the first fruits, we have the main harvest, and then we have the gleanings. Now, when we were down in Florida, we we didn't have an orange grove, we just had a line of about a dozen or so orange trees. And before the season hit, you would get the first fruits, pick them off, and then before you know it, all those trees would just be enveloped with oranges. What was that? that was the main part of that harvest. And then just when you think you've got all the oranges out and it's toward the end of the season, they got some more that pop up. What is that? Those are the gleanings. It's the same harvest, but that harvest encompasses three different parts. Same harvest. So when we see the term the first resurrection and we're dealing with this idea of a bodily resurrection, it's one harvest, but there are three parts to that harvest. Jesus Christ was the first fruits. We looked at that. And now this evening, we're going to look at the main part of the harvest. And this is going to be, if you say the rapture, people tell you the rapture, word rapture is not in the Bible. If you say you believe the Bible, people tell you the word Bible is not in the Bible. If you say you believe in the Trinity, people tell you the Trinity is not in the Bible. So I'm going to say the catching away, and maybe that'll, but look, there's going to be a catching away. There's going to be a resurrection of those saints that are dead, already dead and those saints that are still alive and remain. And this catching away is known as the main harvest, the main part of the harvest. Now let's read in verse, let's read, uh, let's do our 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse first. Now, this main harvest gathering, it's going to close out the church age. As soon as it happens, the church age will close. And there's three times that God catches up dead and living saints. We already dealt with the first fruits. That was the first time. Now we're dealing with the main harvest. And 1 Corinthians chapter 15, look at verse number 51. The Bible says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. All of us aren't going to be sleeping, dead. Some of us are going to be alive. In a moment, verse number 52, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Some would have been asleep, already dead saints. Some are going to be alive, like if the Lord were to come tonight and catch us away tonight, that would be us. And it don't matter which one you are, all of us are going to be changed. All of us are going to be changed. Verse 53 For this corruptible must put on incorruption. That's how we're going to be changed. And this mortal. Must put on immortality. That's going to be the change. You believe the Bible when it says you tell a lost person, look, you must be born again. We tell them that there's no ifs, ands, or buts. You can't change that. You know what it says here? This mortal must put on immortality. We are promised a bodily resurrection. It is going to happen just as certain as when you and I got saved and we were born again as a child of God, this bodily resurrection will happen. You can count on it. And then the Bible says in verse number 54 So when this corruption shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now, I'm going to stop pause, and Park and say a couple of things because there's a lot of key words in here. Verse number 55, victory. I have been, what I'm about to say, I've been there. So I'm assuming everybody has been there, where you feel defeated. You feel like, why am I doing this again, Lord? We've all been there. May I remind you that the victory is through our Lord Jesus Christ, not through what we think we can do for the Lord. Our victory is through him. He has won the victory for us young people listen you are not a loser <laughs> you are a victor in jesus christ senior saints us others we are all victors through the lord he's the one that won the victory there's no reason that the pull of peer pressure should be greater than the victory through jesus christ ought not be so we won the victory Watch what it says. Because of that, therefore it says in 58, look, look what we all should be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. Is the period there? No. Because our labor is in vain. Because there's three more words in the Lord period. My labor on my own strength is in vain. Your labor and your strength is in vain. But our labor together in the Lord is not and will not be in vain. We have a blessed hope. Let's go over to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. The Bible says in verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. There is no reason for you and I to sorrow about a resurrection. Now, we already preached on this. These believers didn't believe in a bodily resurrection. We looked at some believers that Paul was with for a year and a half. And they questioned it. And he's saying, look, there's people that have no hope. I can get that. You don't need to sorrow as if you have no hope. You do. We have faith. Not only the Lord saved us, but he's going to come and catch us away. There is going to be a bodily resurrection. And what they didn't believe in is is a resurrection. So let's move on. Verse number 14. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. Even so them also which sleep in Jesus... God will bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. Where? Where? In the clouds. To meet who? That would be the Lord. Where? On the Mount of Olives? No. (laughs) In the air. This isn't his second coming. This is his catching away of his saints. His feet don't touch down on the ground. His feet don't touch the Mount of Olives. He meets us in the air. He descends halfway in the clouds. And we, as his saints, come up, and there's a little party that's going to happen up there. You know, you think I'm lying? Look what it says. And for the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Amen. I, we we did this tournament this weekend, and there's dads on the sidelines. There's instructors and coaches on the sidelines. There's crazy parents on the sidelines. Yeah, go get them, get. Has anybody ever watched people watch somebody watch televised sports and they call us fanatics? They're yelling and screaming at a screen and shouting and waving their arms with a bunch of guys running around on grass with their tights on. And they're excited as can be. And they do this for three hours on a Sunday. And they're shouting and hollering. And that guy throwing that football. You're shouting for him. He ain't never going to shout for you. He don't know who you are. He's not. I don't know if you ever thought about this. The Lord of glory is going to shout for you because he knows your name. And Christians don't want to get excited about living for somebody. Who is so much more than a sports hero or some harlot movie star or some just go on down the line of all the things that people idolize and worship. The Lord is going to shout for you. And we get to rise up. We get to meet him in the air. Young people, if you've never gotten recognition that you think you deserve. Us older people, if we've never gotten the recognition that we think we deserve, so what? Someday God himself is going to shout and he's going to come down to meet me. Why don't we all take a trip to D.C.? Well, never, scratch that whole idea. Forget that. Let's take if we If we went to the White House today, the president isn't going to come out and meet us. If we went to a foreign country and we wanted to see the most important person of that country is probably the leader of that country. A missionary friend. Now he's trying to get over to Uganda. And he keeps getting prevented from getting there. But when he arrives, do you think whoever the president of that country is going to come out and meet him? He's not. Because he don't know who he is and he don't care president of that country is important. And we aren't to him. <laughs> I'm just trying to get us to wrap our minds around the fact that our creator God, the one who in heaven we are going to be singing, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty is going to shout because he's going to meet us in the air. And this is part of the main harvest, the main catching away of the saints. Voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now you didn't think I can get, you didn't think I could pull something out of the Bible that wasn't even in the Bible, did you? But I'm going to try. With the trump of God. Do you know how many Christians got so excited about Donald Trump? they are in the streets with signs saying, make America great again. They've got hats that say "My MAGA hats. My kids got MAGA hats. They won bottom at the thing downtown. But this isn't a sermon against Trump or the Republican party or any of that. What I'm saying is, thousands upon thousands upon thousands Of conservative or faith-based or evangelical Or whatever adjective you want to put in there Got so excited about one man that came on the scene Why? Because he was going to do something for you and I He was going to make America great again How about we make America right again? Why don't we get God back in school? Why don't we get the Bible back in school? Why don't we get Christians back in church? Why don't we get the church as a whole out on the highways and byways, out on the streets, preaching the gospel. Because we want to make America great again. We don't want to make America right again. We don't want to make America spiritual again. We do. Some of, we do. Some of us do. But the point is, thousands of dollars went into signs and hats and T-shirts and door-knocking campaigns and advertisements and Facebook ads until they censored the whole thing and go on down the line. Millions of dollars. And I'm telling you, young people, I want you to pay attention. If you get that excited about Jesus Christ, in your own heart, your home can have revival. Your street can have revival. Your community can have revival. Our town can have revival. Our little local country church can have revival in our hearts because we're more excited about Jesus Christ who's going to sound the trumpet. He's going to shout for his saints. And we're going to come up and meet him in the air. Woo! Praise God and glory be to his name. We're going to have a glorified body. That's somebody worth living for. That's somebody worth shouting about. That's somebody worth knocking on someone's door and say, hey, can I tell you about Jesus? Yes, he he's somebody worth shouting for because he's going to shout for you. It's our hope as believers. My kids count the pages of notes to figure out how long Dad's going to preach for, and so I'm—I got two pages, but I only got this far. <laughs> so, we'll only be here two more hours, so I'm only kidding. This is going to be a two-part uh, lesson. First Thessalonians four. Look at verse thirteen. Read that one more time, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. You sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. You've got hope. You've got hope. Let's go to Titus 2. Flip over a few pages and you'll come over to Titus. I'd like you to get Romans 8, if you would. And then Ephesians chapter 2. Let's get three verses of Scripture. Let's get our finger in all of them. Titus 2. We'll do that first. Let's get Romans chapter 8 and Ephesians chapter 2. Titus 2, Romans 8, and Ephesians 2. Let's do Titus 2 first. It's verse number 13. Titus 2, 13. The Bible says, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. People aren't looking for the Lord anymore. Well, Kelly, Sister Caroline, the saying in their day and their heyday was "See you here, there, in the air." What happened to that saying? Christians as a whole have stopped looking. Well, they found some man on the internet that has a big following on YouTube, or they got a pamphlet that told them, "Yeah, don't look for that anymore." And that's why we're going through this so that we can get a good understanding. And you know the Bible as well as or better than the preacher knows the Bible. And then you know what becomes the preeminence in the church house? The word of God. That's what we want. We want a church where this book. Tells us what to do and changes us and amends us. We want everybody to know the Bible as best they can. So, our blessed hope, 213, we need to look for it. You can go like this, kids. Do I have this right? I'm glad that most of you don't know what I'm doing. It's your scrolling the phone. When you drive the highways now, they got signs on the interstate that remind you, you know, this could be your last text. Or, you know, they have these little things on the road now that remind you, hey, look up. (laughs) Because you're driving, but you're looking at your phone. You go on the campus, you walk around and the kids are going to be they're going to be. The, the, the young the young people are going to walk around doing this and they're going to lift the head up just enough to make sure no traffic is coming. We've stood out there with scripture signs. We've handed them gospel tracts. And they're not all of them, but a lot of people. And you just want to say, hey, hey, look up. And that's what I feel like you want. I want to do it with some of these churches, some of this, uh, you know, uh, franchise religion that has gotten people so swamped and strolling. They haven't looked up. Our blessed hope is to meet the Lord in the air. Christian, look up. Instead of getting so distracted with all of this fluff, that's just going to pass away. What do you think is going to happen now that Trump's out? I don't know. Probably the same junk that's been happening for the last so many years. Another sinner in office. Another government that's not going to rule righteously. I'm looking up because when Jesus comes and catches the saints away, he's eventually going to return. We'll look at that on a whole nother lesson. We're going through all this stuff. He is going to rule righteously. And I have news for you. Nobody's taking a vote. He's going to rule how he said he was going to rule. Romans 8. Romans 8. Romans 8, verse number 23. The Bible says, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Who's the first fruits of the Spirit? That's the Lord. Even ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting, what are we waiting for? The adoption to wit, the redemption of our body the wages of sin is death what dies and what corrupts it's our flesh it's our body spirit goes to be with our creator and our soul goes to one of two places and we're waiting this blessed hope we're waiting for our glorified body verse 25 I'm sorry, verse 24. For We are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. What a man saith, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Lord tells us to wait for the redemption of our body and he asks us to do it with patience. Now, how many of you young, young ones out there can put your hand up and say, you've got that patience thing figured out? Yeah, now, if you have a sister and you're a brother, probably no, and if you have a brother and you're a sister, probably no, right? Because you can be patient with everybody except my brother or my sister. We don't have it figured out, do we? Well, there's hope for you, young ones, because when you get older, (laughs) you still don't have it figured out. (laughs) You don't have it figured out. But the Lord says, (laughs) here is something worth being patient about. And that is the redemption of our body. Why? Because we have a hope that we can trust in. God said it. We can believe it. He has delivered on every single promise and he will continue to deliver on every single promise that he has made to us. All right, last one. And then we have to close and we will do part two next time. Ephesians chapter number two. Verse number 11. <clears throat> well, let's, let's, Let's just back up. We're going to close out with this verse, but let's back up a little bit. The Bible says in verse 1, and you have to quickened. Quickened, it doesn't just mean to be made alive. Quickened means to be made alive and never die again. Okay? Who were dead, except when you talk to a lost person, they're alive. So where, how are they dead? Well, they're dead in something, trespasses and sins. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Where in time past you walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. It doesn't matter what you take out of this world, it's not going to be righteous. God said, The church, his church, which is the body of believers, not the construction of these four walls, his believers, when they gather. His church is the pillar and the ground of truth. You want truth, it's got to be from God's word. It don't matter what political party you try to put your hope in, it's going to let you down in some way, shape, form, or another. I'm not saying don't vote. am not saying don't be involved. I'm not saying throw your brain out. I'm not saying any of that. All I'm saying is it doesn't matter what aspect of this world you try to make righteous, it ain't going to be righteous because there's a spirit that works in this and the, the power of the air. And look at verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, where his great love, where if he loved us, even when we're dead in sins, have quickened us together with Christ. By works are you saved. No, by law are you saved. No, by your family lineage are you saved. No, my daddy's a preacher. Are you saved? No, by grace. The only way you're saved, is the same way everybody's always saved, by God's grace, through faith in what God has revealed to you. By grace you're saved. Without God's grace, nobody gets saved. By we, we respond by faith. But God's grace saves us. He saves us by his grace. And he's raised up together, made us sit uh, together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And uh, look at verse 8 and 9, verse really passage, for by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourselves, so it's a gift to God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And don't we love to boast? Husband and wives do it. Wife says, after all I've done for you. Husbands do it. After all I've done for you. Parents do it. After all I've done for you. Bosses do it. After all I've done for you. Kids do it. As your friend, all I've done for you. You know what it all is? Boasting. You know what God says? Nobody's coming into my kingdom with that attitude. You're not boasting. It's going to be by my grace and what I did, and it's going to be by nothing that you did. So leave it all behind. Whatever it is you're trusting in, repent and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ and trust in all of his merit. And he didn't say give up all your sins. He said give up what you trust in him and put your faith and trust in him. Once you trust him, his indwelt spirit will help you now get rid of all the junk that's been in your life. Last verse we're going to look at in Ephesians 2. By the time we get down to verse 11, look what it says. Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh, made by hands. It's funny that people say, yeah, in the Old Testament, you were saved by works, except if you had to be circumcised to be saved, that leaves out a pretty proportionate amount of people, which would be women. (laughs) You're not saved by works. You're saved by a circumcision that isn't made by hands. It's a circumcision that's made without hands. It's a sin cut out of your life. That at that time, verse 12, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, commonwealth, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, last verse. In Christ, ye who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of G- of Christ. In order to take part first fruits, that part of the first resurrection is over. Christ as the definite article, first fruits, and we looked at those Old Testament saints, we did a sermon on that already. Now we're talking about the main harvest It's going to be part two next Sunday. If you want to be part of this main harvest that will bring a close to the church age. You can't bring anything to God. Because this is only for his saints those that have put their faith and trust in him. And you need to have a circumcision made without hands. Verse 13 but now in Christ. You and I must be in Christ to be part of this catching away. You sometimes were afar off or made nigh by the blood of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode.